Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. I'm Brian Solo tonight. It is a lowdown. We are coming off of a win. We are heading into the break with some momentum. Rui Hachimura looks incredible. Anthony Davis also looks incredible. Things are finally good. We can finally kind of like exhale. Got into you didn't you didn't lose anybody to injury tonight. You had Christian Wood kind of sort of tweak his ankle. And that was the extent of new injuries um, sustained against the Utah Jazz. The Lakers beat the Utah Jazz 138 to 122 in Utah. They got into Utah last night at four in the morning, played without LeBron James, and it didn't matter. They beat the crap out of them and picked up a huge win. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about AD. We're going to talk about Rui Hachimura. And I guess we'll talk about the LeBron James Warriors trade rumors that. Um, really had the internet a buzz this morning and I didn't really understand why. So let's get to all of that right now. All right. So the Lakers, again, the final 138-122 in Utah. The Lakers improved to 30 and 26. The Utah Jazz fall to 26 and 29. The Utah Jazz entering this game was uh, 17 and eight at home. So they were a good home team as they tend to be in Utah. Um, now they have been playing worse since the trade deadline. And since their front office basically said that they were going to stop competing this year. So you had that kind of going into it and you kind of hoped that the Lakers would eventually would throw enough haymakers that Utah would kind of say, all right, enough of this bullshit and quit. And then eventually that's kind of how this played out, but it did take a few haymakers sent from Rui Hachimura it took some scent from uh, Anthony Davis and uh you know D'Angelo Russell was dishing out assists like crazy tonight it was a team effort and we'll talk about some of the specifics of that team but I do want to talk about what this mean what this win means here for the Lakers as you know we are getting into that portion of the year where you're keeping an eye on standings after this game ended or um as this game was wrapping up on all access Lakers we jumped over to the Denver Sacramento game and uh, you know, thanks for nothing. Yeah. Assholes over there in Denver for uh, as soon as we turn on that game, Sacramento went on an immediate, like 
8-0 run and put that thing out of reach um, for Denver. So that was a bit of a bummer. But uh, this is a big win situa situationally here for the Lakers as, you know, this is one of those that you would have charted down as a win. And yeah, as you, as you get to it, right. And, and, and in the moment you're thinking the context of it is, well, you don't have LeBron and it's the second night of a back-to-back -back, you got in late and all of those things. And yeah, those things matter for the game itself. But in terms of like your macro picture of the season heading into it, this was one of those games that you kind of had, excuse me, stashed away as a potential win and uh, had they lost it, that would have meant that you would have to make it up somewhere else in the schedule with one of those games that you were kind of chalking up as a potential loss, right? So the fact that the Lakers were able to take care of business here tonight is absolutely huge as, you know, the, the, we, we, we are in that point of the season where those things really, really matter. And, you know, I have gone about the season basically as if, you are always in that mode, but you know, basketball, the NBA teams don't really operate that way. Um, wins later in the season and losses later in the season tend to matter a little bit more. Um, just kind of culturally, that's the way that that, that plays out to me. A win, a win, <laughs> a win is a win is a win is a win. And a loss is a loss um, at no matter when you, you pick up or lose that loss that you would have considered a win heading into the season. But this one is a big one. This one really, really matters, and it was good to see. Um, and we'll talk about these two guys here specifically in a second. But it was good to see that the Lakers kind of realized the moment, um, especially in that third quarter when they saw Anthony Davis really kind of set a tone. It was good to see that they, like, you know, recognized, okay, this is this is a game that you cannot lose. This is a game that you you have to figure out a way to pick up a win here. And the Lakers did just that. So, so you know, sh shouts to everybody behind it. Now let's get to some of the specifics. I am going to move a little more quickly through the show because you can hear my voice. I very desperately need an all-star break as well. Um, but let's get to Anthony Davis, who the last time that the Lakers played in, in Utah, uh, Rome reminded me of this on All Access Lakers tonight. Um, AD notched a triple double, but it was kind of an empty triple double. It was kind of an ugly game for him. And he put the onus on himself. The last time the Lakers lost in Utah and said that that loss was on him. It was right. And I think he shot like two or three of 15 from the field in that one. Um, and in this, in this one, he finishes with 37 points. He, uh, grabs 15 rebounds. Uh, this is out one assist, a block, um, was a plus 18, 13 of 24 from the field, one of two from three-point range, 10 of 13 from the free throw line. Just an absolutely monster effort, and specifically in that third quarter where, look, the Lakers, I think, were only, they only headed into halftime up one or two. I think they were only up one going into halftime. And you're just sitting to yourself saying, like, you know, I know that they're tired and and you know all of the context that goes into this game, but you cannot lose this game. And in that third quarter, Anthony Davis comes out and puts an absolute molly whopping to anybody who was standing anywhere near him. Grabbed all kinds of rebounds, 
uh, scored in a variety of ways. And I thought really set a tone in that third quarter of like, nope, we aren't losing this one. And, you know, Anthony Davis is a very kind of quiet, easygoing guy. He's really competitive. Don't get me wrong. But like you ask anybody who covers a team or, or spends more time close to the team or in the with the people that I talk to, right? It's like AD is is it's kind of rare that he really kind of speaks up or, you know, really says, all right, everybody get on my back. We are doing this. And in this one, it was great to see that he kind of like he did exactly that and and basically told everybody, all right, get on my back. Let's get to this all-star break with a little positive momentum here. Watch what I can do here in this third quarter. And, you know, it's one of those things that we aren't really – You, I'll think about it at the end of the season. I will be thinking about it plenty. But it's one of those moments that I think is probably going to get lost to time. And, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of overlook it at the end of the year. But it's one of those moments where, like, yeah, remember that one game that the Lakers looked like they might kind of F around and lose uh, it to the Utah Jazz when they were playing really poorly? Um, and AD said, no, that is not happening and took care of business. And and that was just great to see from a guy who doesn't really have the reputation for doing that. Um, so that, that was that was really fun, and that was really great to watch as well. Now, what I would say on top of that, I'm looking at the standings. Remember all those rants and raves about the Lakers having two all-stars and how wrong it is that the Lakers are going to have two all-stars and the Kings that were destroyers of worlds wasn't going to have any. And then you look at the standings. The Lakers are two games behind the Sacramento Kings. The Lakers are in the nine spot. The Kings are in the eight spot. What were we doing again? And I, if I recall, I think that was what I was asking at the time. What are we doing here? Why are we whining about the fact that one of the most talented players in the NBA who is playing incredible basketball this season got an all-star bid? And why are we whining about the fact that LeBron James, the most popular player in the NBA, won a fan vote? What? <laughs> it was stupid then, and it looks even dumber now when you look at the standings and the Lakers are one spot behind the Sacramento Kings. It would have been one thing if the Kings were sitting in like the one or two spot and, and they didn't get an all-star. But you know what? That doesn't happen because... If the lake, if the Kings were in the one or two spot, their fans would have voted them in. But their fans have been just as frustrated with the way that their season has gone as as you would expect. They they carried high expectations going into the season. And that Kings team has been very frustrating this year. So as a result, a smaller fan base didn't get out and vote for their guys in the same way that a bigger fan fan base got out and voted for AD because of the way that AD is playing. And then, you know, look, at the end of the day, Anthony Davis is better at basketball than DeMontis Sabonis. Like, he just is. <laughs> like, well, why Why was this a conversation? Why am I spending more energy on it right now? Why am I angry? 
Why am I shouting? I don't know. All right, the uh, the other one here that we got to talk about here, Jace Newell, Rui Hachimura, Shabugan, Hachimura, Justin Tindall writing in, uh, balled out in the playoffs, yet Ham had an entire training camp in 50 games, yet he thought Prince was a better player than Rui. No wonder, Anthony, you said he lost the locker room. Now, uh, again, whether he's able to get it back is you know, still remains to be seen. Um, and I think you see that more in times of adversity than you see it in times like, you know, right now where the Lakers have positive momentum. But like, this is why that core six guys have been, had been so frustrated earlier in the season. So they're like, we are the best six guys on your roster. We are the most talented players on your roster. Just play us. Like we, we saw what we were able to do last year. Can we just do that again? Can we just try that again? And, and again, this starting five of D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, LeBron, or well, I guess uh, LeBron didn't play tonight. So you had Torian Prince and LeBron's uh, in for LeBron. And then Anthony Davis was there. But yeah, like, like the more of those core six guys from last season, unfortunately, you know, Jared Vanderbilt's season is going the way that it is going or whatever. Um, but the more of those guys that are consistently of, um, you know, not just prioritized in terms of the rotation, but also prioritized in terms of the offense, right? Rui was being asked earlier this season, as like as recently as just last week, hey, can you just run corner to corner? You know, just spot up over there, go do your thing over there. And occasionally we'll give you the ball and ask you to go score in isolation with five seconds left on the shot clock. Is that okay? Like, can you just do that? That's a very difficult role for Rui to play because that doesn't really fit his skill set at all. And, uh, you know, now you look at what, what Rui is doing. He's cutting more. He's posting up more. He's setting screens. He gets the ball with more time than five seconds to go when the defense knows that he has to get a shot off. Um, he's catching rhythm three-pointers and stuff. He's doing all of these things that we all knew that he was capable of based off of the way that he played in last year's postseason. And now, yeah, like Justin says, where has this been, Darvin? Where has been this type of usage for one of your most talented players on the roster? So um, I understand the frustration. I also am frustrated, but I also am not going to allow that frustration to cloud the way that this guy is playing right now. He was incredible tonight. 33 points, which I think is off. I don't know. Are, did they take? I thought he scored 36. Um, but anyway, Rui finishes, whether it's 33 or 36, uh, 12 of 18 from the field, 5 of 7 or 6 of 8 from the three-point line. Um, you had 4 of 5 from the free-throw line. Two rebounds is a little low. You'd like to see him do a little bit better than that. Um, an assist, a block, but a game high plus 19. And it reached the point where late in, in that game, later in that game, when Utah was just kind of hanging around in that like 10 to 13 point pocket, a little longer than I would have wanted them to. It reached a point where I was like, okay, where's Rui? Like I, that was that, you know, and, and by the way, that's what we were asking all the first half of the season too. Hey, where's Rui? 
can we get can we get this guy involved? Can we find a way to get this guy involved? And um, and then he comes back in. Lakers go on an immediate run, and they put this thing out of uh, reach for the Utah Jazz. And yeah, all the credit in the world goes to Rui for the way that he's playing right now. The fact that he stuck through the the frustrating usage and the frustration frustrating rotation minutes or the lack thereof. Um, this dude, this dude deserves a ton of credit for sticking with it. And and I'm not going to give Darvin bail here and I'm not going to credit Darvin here for like for, for Rui, excuse me, Rui maintaining buy-in because like he's maintaining buy-in in spite of Darvin, not because of Darvin. Um, what he was able to do in this one and what he's been able to do the last like, you know, a couple weeks or so since he's been inserted to the starting lineup, like essentially what this starting group forces you to do. Your best defender is going to focus on LeBron. Your best perimeter defender is going to focus on D'Lo. Your best interior defender is going to focus on AD. So that means you are either going to have a disadvantage or a mismatch just going into possessions with either Austin or Rui. And Austin isn't really like a, a mismatch, the kind of guy who like attacks mismatches and takes advantage of those kinds of things. Rui is like Rui gets a smaller guy in on, on him. And you just, you just, you can hear guys. Oh, mouse, 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 mouse in the house. He's got a baby barbecue chicken. Get the ball to Rui, right? Like those kinds of, those are the, the, the types of plays that, um, the Lakers really need in this offense that that's kind of safety valve, the planned safety valve, right? The the design to get him that mismatch and allow him to go to work in space because teams aren't going to to ignore AD. They aren't going to help off of AD to to help with Rui. They aren't going to help off of LeBron to help with Rui. They aren't going to help off of Austin to help with Rui. They can't really help off a of Delo to help with Rui. So that mismatch that Rui has, and we know that he's capable of taking advantage of it, they're just stuck on that island, and and basically it just becomes hoping that Rui misses, you know, a mid range jumper, or you know, you foul him as as he's trying to get to the rim. So um, the way that he's playing, the way he's, he's being used, uh, is is very sustainable. I think this isn't a spot where it's like. And yeah, he shot well tonight, five of seven or six of eight from three-point range, whatever the final number winds up being. Um, But that isn't why he was successful tonight. What makes him successful is the fact that like anywhere on the court on offense, he is a threat and the Lakers are allowing him to be a threat by playing him with other guys who forces the defense to try to deal with Rui one-on-one. And that is a very difficult ask. So um, I always believed in him. I've always thought he was a postseason player. I didn't want to trade him at the deadline. And uh, now it is looking like a, a real, uh, the, the Lakers are really benefiting from the fact that they didn't. So, so shouts to Rui. Um, Lakers, Sean, best Lakers content. Too many shows are scared to be honest. We as fans want honesty. Uh, you don't try to play it safe. I, I, I am incapable. You can ask Harrison. I am not capable of of saying anything other than is, than is at the forefront of of this weird brain that I have. All right. Uh, so the last topic that I have here before my voice gives out completely 
is a report from Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne of ESPN. Um, they reported that the Golden State Warriors, um, this is kind of weird the way that the amount of detail given in this is um, a little interesting. And I find it very noteworthy because a lot of people wind up looking better as a result of this. So that's how you get like this amount of details. Well, you know, like essentially if you have enough detail coming in from people that like all flows into one story, then that's how you walk away from And And by the way, like the people who did this, obviously very good at their jobs. It's very well written. It's a very interesting report that I think is very telling on a variety of, of, of levels. So apparently um, the warriors in an active kind of desperation, seeing the way that their, their trade deadline was going, they noticed all of the subtweets that uh, LeBron was, was um, letting out there. And they basically say like, Hey, you know, if LeBron is really interested in, in, in cutting this off, and if the Lakers are really interested in cutting this off, then, uh, you know, we can make a deal. And I guess uh, Draymond Green got involved and, and tried to get Rich Paul to convince LeBron to do something, which I find super fascinating because normally it's Rich Paul on LeBron's behalf convincing his other clients to do something that benefits LeBron. Um, and, and that was, uh, you know, a, a, a turning of the tables that I would love to like see how rich Paul feels about that. If injected with some truth serum, um, apparently ownership got involved here on the warriors side of things where they reached out to Jeannie bus. Joe Laker reached out to Jeannie bus and said, Hey, let's figure something out here. Jeannie said, nah. I, I think we're good here, but if you really, really want to ask him, you can ask him what he thinks about a trade. And uh, apparently, the, the the Warriors asked LeBron about a trade, and LeBron said, "No, nah, I'm, I'm I'm good here. I've seen the way that your season has gone." Uh, by the way, the Golden State Warriors, as they are asking um, LeBron to uh, come on over to the Warriors, currently sit a spot behind the Lakers. Um, and now, yeah, like if he goes to the if he goes to the Warriors. Um, obviously his chances at winning a championship probably improve, but I also think that it would like, you know, he doesn't want to go to Steph's team and he doesn't want it to look like, uh, Steph kind of bails him out and helps him rack up a couple championships on in, in Steph city at the end of his career. So you had all of that going on. Um, I, I kind of wonder how clay feels about this one or how Wiggins feels about this one um, and how that locker room in general feels about Cause if the Warriors would have traded for LeBron, then a lot of important pieces would have had to go the Lakers way just in terms of the salary number. So I'm really curious how that goes over as we are talking right now, the uh, score of the Warriors current game, they are currently up, on the, the 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 Clippers 97-86. Um they've been a lot better since Draymond came back from 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 suspension. And and yeah, like it's just it all of this was was it sounds a lot more interesting than it actually is throughout the deadline. Um especially as it was so here's here's what I'll say. Um as it was looking more and more likely 
based on my sourcing that the Lakers were going to stand pat at the deadline, or it was at the very most going to be a quiet deadline. I started asking around, well, how does LeBron feel about this? You know, and then you had LeBron's flirting with New York, right? You had the uh, hourglass tweet, right? And you had all of that going on. And, and again, I continue to ask, hey, again, there's no chance that LeBron James gets traded here, right? Or he asks for a trade. And I kept on hearing over and over and over again, no chance, no chance whatsoever. Teams are going to call about him, I guess. And teams did eventually call about him, but we aren't going to entertain that prospect unless he comes to us and says that I want to be traded. So that's what I reported, right? I said that under no circumstances, and I was told definitively by several sources uh, close to the Lakers that it is not happening, that the Lakers are not going to trade LeBron James. And then it was funny. I actually like DM'd Brian uh, Windhorse about this because I, I I reported that. And then the next morning, you had Brian um, write a quick little article for ESPN saying that Rich Paul is saying that like LeBron is not going to ask for a trade, nor do they expect that LeBron James is going to be traded, right? And apparently, while all of that was going on, you had these conversations taking place between the Lakers and the Warriors at the ownership level, but. Yeah. As I tweeted today, um, and as I am going to continue to echo right now, the Lakers never took this very seriously. LeBron never took this very seriously. And both sides are looking ahead to how they can, you know, squeeze a little bit more success out of the last year, couple years, few years of this working relationship that the two sides have. LeBron wants to retire a Laker. The Lakers really want LeBron to retire a Laker, and that remains to be the case. Like, that is still the case. That is not changed. I have not received any new information on this front. Even though we had all of this reporting, the Athletic also got involved. Um, and actually, I thought that the most interesting kind of detail over the over the entirety of the day actually came from Sam Amick and, and Jovan Buha of The Athletic, where they said that apparently the Knicks are not really planning to get in on the LeBron sweepstakes if he does opt out or if or if things do align where they can position themselves to, to bring him in, that he isn't really a part of their plans. So then, you know, they, they were the team that, that, that like, you know, I, I was uh, keeping an eye on because of the whole Rich Paul and CAA, you know, clearing of the air. You had LeBron flirting with the city of New York, the whole uh, Knicks towel thing and, and, uh, and all of that stuff. Um, so you have that going on or whatever, but you know, if the Knicks are not really planning on it, then, and maybe it's posturing, but I don't know why they would posture at this point in that way. So I, I just, I, you know, I continue to be told that the Lakers um, want LeBron to be to, to be a Laker till the very end of his career. And they are very confident that he is going to be a Laker till the end of his career. And, uh, and you know, I thought an interesting nugget tucked away in that Woj report is that if LeBron were to return, he would want to work out a longer deal uh, with the Lakers. 
And, you know, there was, uh, there was also some reporting from the athletic that the Lakers would be open to positioning themselves um, and give themselves the opportunity to draft uh, Bronny. Um, so that was also very interesting there as well. Clutch has also, um, you know, done a good job of, of putting their clients in a position on draft night to be drafted or, or not drafted in some cases um, so that they can join the team that they want. So I think that's going to play a role in this as well. And uh, yeah, I, I, it, it was like, it's a look from a sheer SEO standpoint, Lakers trade rumors, Warriors trade rumors, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Rich Paul, Draymond Green, New York Knicks, right? Like if you just go down the list of all of the ways that this, this could traffic well, <laughs> excuse me, Harrison and I used to play this game where we would like come up with the most SEO headlines that you could possibly throw out there, right? And we would make it ridiculous. We would always make it as ridiculous as possible. You could go back and as you would imagine, right? You've heard Harrison and me riff back and forth. And so like right now it would be, you know, like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, you know, tell Kanye West to knock it off with Donald Trump and, uh, LeBron James chimes in to Steph Curry about trade rumors between, you know, like you just go and you list all these names, right. And you get all of that into your, into your URL and that is going to traffic as well as it can possibly traffic. And look, I'm going to, I'm going to put hashtag LeBron James and Steph Curry and Lakers trade rumors and Warriors trade rumors on this, on this episode on YouTube. Right. So like that is going to, that's going to be a, a thing. And, and that story is always going to be a priority for ESPN probably led all of their NBA content over the course of the day. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of a nothing burger, if not kind of like an actual nothing burger, because as I've been saying all along, the Lakers never really took it particular, particularly seriously. Now um, the one the one thing that I will say about this that I do think is is like fair analysis and fair reading of the tea leaves is and like Daryl Morey is a bit of an exception, right? Because apparently Daryl just calls about every superstar around the league and asks about their availability. Daryl Morey, apparently the mo- the thirstiest DM in the NBA. But the fact that teams would call about LeBron and ownership would get involved as it pertains to LeBron. That is somewhat interesting to me because you don't do that. If you know that you would be wasting your time, especially ownership, like ownership will not waste their time. Like, like Jeannie bus wouldn't call the Milwaukee bucks and ask about, Giannis right because why what what would be the point they aren't trading Giannis uh like like Joe Lacob I don't think called Mark Cuban or his new bosses and asked about Luca's availability right um they asked about LeBron because of all of the noise because of some of the frustration 
and because of the timeline that he and, and Steph are currently on. And, and I think that is something that I would hope that the Lakers take note of. That like, hey, just keep in mind that there is still a ton of interest in LeBron James should he grow so frustrated that he doesn't want to be a Laker anymore. So like if you can ignore everything else, and I think there are plenty of, 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 of bits and pieces here that we can laugh at and we can, we can poke fun at. And, and, and um, there is also some, some tidbits in here that are, are worth noting and worth tucking away in the back, in the back of your mind. And one of them I think is that, you know, the sharks maybe sensed a, a bit of a, a, a couple droplets of blood in the water, right? They, they kind of noticed a bit of an opportunity and tried to jump on that opportunity. And, 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 you know, that's not to say that, you know, this is DEFCON one or whatever. This is just, you know, something that I would hope that the Lakers take note of um, in, in, in preparation for this upcoming offseason when the expectation from LeBron's standpoint is, hey, you told me that you were going to hold on to that pick with the idea being you are going to use it in this upcoming summer for somebody, another star. Um, and as that as at, with that as the expectation, if they don't do that, you can look back on this story here. If things do go a certain way in the summer, um, you can look on this story and you could say, okay, that was worth taking note of back at that time. All right, I am going to go ahead and uh, save what is left of my voice. We do have a fun show coming up uh, tomorrow as Aaron will be in the lounge at his normal time. <coughs> excuse me. We'll talk. Excuse me. We'll talk about this. Uh, we'll talk about this win. We'll talk about the momentum that the Lakers have going into the All Star break. We'll talk about uh, this. These rumors here that I just hit on a second ago, and uh, we will. I'll, I'll poke and prod him about the 49ers. Um, don't tell him I said that, though. So until tomorrow and until the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin saying please subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast, preferably Odyssey. Please subscribe if you're watching live on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube page. I would greatly appreciate it. If you become a super follower or a, a, a VIP member, um, as that continues to grow, I will be able to do happy hours in the way that I wanted to do happy hours as originally intended. So where it says subscribe right next to there, it becomes become a VIP member and you can uh, become that kind of a VIP member <laughs> and you can actually come up on stage for those happy hour episodes. But yeah, until tomorrow and until the next time you guys hear from me, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's and I will talk to you. <laughs>